Hey world, my name is Sir. And I'm Modern Malcolm. We are the hosts of Negroes You Don't Like podcast, also known as NYDL. We are black husbands and fathers who are married, and yes sisters, to black women. We are your everyday man's intellectual and more opinionated than the guy who sits around at the barbershop talking shit for hours and never gets a cut. We want to empower our communities and spread knowledge with best practices to hand off the baton to the ones next up. Only one major challenge, we can't do it alone. Calling out everyone who wants to pass on a stronger legacy to start right here on Patreon with us. Get exclusive access to unreleased episodes and extended episodes we like to call Loose Ends. Or whatever other fly that we could think of. Simply search for Negroes you don't like on Patreon and click join to tap in. Reminder, you may not like us, but you'll learn to respect and support what we stand for. Peace. Peace. Let me tell you something. Y'all don't messed up now. So I'm on a late night run. The wife sent me a text, yo, you know, I'm having the munchies. I want something to eat. And everything in my fiber is telling me to say, take your ass to sleep. You're not hungry. Fight that demon. But of course, there's times as men, we have to acquiesce. So that's what I did. Just, to, you know, you want to keep the peace in your house. So I'm on my way to Taco Bell. And I pull up. And as soon as I pull up, I see a damn one of those damn party buses. I'm like, oh, shit. What the hell's about to go down? Because when I pull up the, the door, the party bus is open, but nobody's in it. But it's late enough to where nobody's allowed inside a Taco Bell. So I'm like, the only other place these people could be is in the drive through outside of the damn party bus. So, of course, I'm rolling up in the drive through. As soon as I make that turn around the curb, I see these people in the drive through. Then I proceed to see these guys jumping up and down, screaming, yelling, probably cursing. I had my window up because I really didn't want to hear what they were saying. But for the culture, bro, I just wanted to hop out and whoop their ass. But of course, as a as as a man who has something to lose, I'm just sitting back and I kept it calm. And I'm just like, man, please, like these dudes with these women, they kicking back. They're relaxing, quote unquote, having a good time. But that negative energy that they was showing could have led to a serious issue. Had had I been somebody who had nothing to lose. And who was like, you know what? Fuck it. I feel like smacking this dude. His energy that he was giving off would have invited me to do that. So we really got to focus on the way that we, quote unquote, relax, the way that we, quote unquote, decompress, the way that we have fun. Because if we don't find healthier ways to have fun, if we don't find more constructive ways to have fun and reframe what it means to 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 chill with the homies or to have fun and kick back, then it, it could just lead to a whole lot more problems. What say you, sir? Hey, world. Welcome back to another episode of NYDL, Negroes You Don't Like. Listen, self-care, as far as Negroes, that is so key. You know, more importantly, like you said before, the way that we're able to relax, the way that we're able to chill with the homies, like truly redefining what that is. Because we know how, how, how it was in context, how it used to be. Normally, when you were chilling with the homies, you know that you were probably up to no good. 
right? And so fact, fact, facts on facts. <laughs> now, as fathers, now that we're chilling with the homies, it's in a different context, right? So, you know, me now chilling with the homies, it's like getting away from the kids and the wife. You know, sometimes it's just mm-hmm. outside, of, you know, in the parking lot outside of the house. That's 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 our definition of chilling now, right? But let's look deeper into that, Martin Malcolm. Tell me what else is on your mind, bro. You know, in defining and reframing what self care means for men, let's start to look at the archetype or furthermore, the stereotype that is placed on black men. Right. Because that kind of informs the way that we think that we're supposed to be having a good time. Black men are supposed to be cool, tough, sexual beasts. We're supposed to have no emotions. We're supposed to literally almost be like androids. Got like it. the world, <laughs> exactly, just, just gutter and tough and hard, never vulnerable. Uh, I hear DMX <laughs> me when you said that, bro. Like, I hear the dog growling. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and, and it's like, you're supposed to do that 24 hours, seven days a week. Like, you, like, uh, Cat Williams say, you, nigga, you game banging over cereal over breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, for real? Like, we really got to stop and think this stereotype, we really need to deconstruct that and be like, yo, we need to learn how to chill the fuck out sometimes. And just, you know, we need to, we need to find out how to evolve into who we're supposed to be and not who these stereotypes are telling us we're supposed to be. No, no doubt. No doubt. Now, typically, how do you think most men, especially most black men, how do you think we if we had a real stressful work week, you know, with the family, all these different things coming at us? How do you think most of us are kicking it on a Friday, especially a payday Friday? What do you think the average black guy is doing on a payday Friday? Strip club. Bam. My man hit the nail on the head. All right. It's usually either a strip club or some kind of club or going to a bar. You know, trying get, to go get with some women. drinks in you, <laughs> man, getting some drinks in you, bruh. There's people out here. They're not just getting drinks in them. They're trying to replace their blood with alcohol. They trying, to get, <laughs> they trying to get that many drinks. You know what I'm saying? Like completely convert the blood in their body to alcohol. And it's like, yo, uh, that drink, all, those 15 drinks need to come with, with a damn AA membership. Straight up. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So in us kicking back and having a good time. I remember when I first was of age to drink, even before that, you know, I would drink here and there um, with some friends and and I'm not saying I'm like a goody two shoes or nothing, but I always kind of knew what my limit was because I would watch movies and stuff. And I'm going to be honest with you, real honest. Part of the reason I never really got toe up in public, just a small percentage, but it's always sat in the back of my mind. I'm a tall dude and I'm a big dude. And I don't hang around a whole bunch of strong friends. If my black ass fell on the curb, nobody can pick my ass up. <laughs> yo, they just, yo, they just gonna leave you, bro. Like, since you're, since you're, you're the tallest, you're the heaviest, they just gonna you say, yo, saying? just leave them, bro. Leave them. We'll be back, bro. We'll be right back. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? They were like, yo, uh, drop one of them Google Map pins on that nigga. We'll get that nigga in the morning. You know, so... So for me, I always part of that was in the back of my mind. I was like, yo, I need to be the responsible one. And I would be watching these uh, news stories of people in accidents from drunk driving and those kind of things. And I was like, yo, I don't want nobody I know to take me out because they can't handle their drink. So I was usually always the designated driver because everybody knew I would never go above my limit and I would make sure everybody got home. From an early age, I kind of understood the concept of being able to control your own shit. But in doing that, remember, if I'm the sober one, that's usually, well, if I'm the one that's usually always sober, that means I have seen a whole lot of debauchery. I've seen a whole lot of drunken shit. I've seen a whole lot of shit that people can't recall. And then the next morning, they're like, yo, did I do that? I'm like, yeah, bro. You threw up in your shoe and not the sewer. 
to that point, it's funny that you said that uh, when you when you go out with the boys, like when you're in the club. So from my from my you know perspective, growing up as well, my biggest thing was I really didn't get too wild or too crazy with it because in the setting that I was in, something always went down. <laughs> Without mm. a doubt, either a fight broke out, somebody got stabbed, you heard gunshots. So, so for me, Wait a minute. it was like, yo, <laughs> I had to be, I had to be on my, my A game mentally, making sure that hey, I wasn't too tipsy, you know, so I could, you know, dodge a couple people, you know, hurdle a crowd, like, so I always sure, had to make sure, sure that sure. I could move and finesse my way out of tough situations. So that's that's a lot of the reasons why I never used to wild out because I always knew that the wild and that was gonna come to me at some point in time. So I got to adapt. Absolutely. And to that point, I also knew my parents wasn't going to be bailing my black ass out of jail. My parents would be the first one to tell, hey, you find you find your you ass in jail. Own. You better figure out how you gonna get your ass out. So I definitely was, all, you know, that that rested in the back of my head pretty good, too. So I was always very conscious of that, you know, and in thinking about how men, but in particular, black men decompress and, you know, have a good time after, let's say, a rough, a rough work week. Um how often do you think they should be recharged? Let me be honest with you. It could be a Monday night for most grown adults. You're supposed to bring your ass home and take your ass to sleep. And if you are going to kick back and relax, that usually happens either Thursday or Friday, or you, you even might, you know, wait for the weekend. You can clearly tell that there are some dudes. I think they're recharging a little too much. I think their battery's a little bit over full in terms of recharge. What'd you think about that, man? The reality is, as, as men, as black men, the stress and the drama, it's like a part of the script. You know what right. I mean? So it's just a part of what it means to be a black man, right? Dealing with the stress, the drama, dealing with the, you know, whether it be in a neighborhood that you're a part of, you know, so as a man, naturally, you expect to be overwhelmed. You expect to have to deal with a lot and a lot that's happening. So, and that's a huge part as to why we're always overcharged because it's like, if you know the drama's coming, if you know it's gonna be tough, you know it's not gonna be as easy as you would expect it to be, you have to be mentally prepared for what's to come. You know what I mean? So in, in, in that time, within those moments, that's why you may have to be a bit more on the overdrive because you're now preparing yourself for what's to come. Even if it's not currently here in the situation that you're in, but you know something's coming. Whether it's going to be your homies that's going to get that's going to do something stupid, whether it's going to be in a relationship that you in, something's going to break off. So you always got to be mentally ready and prepared for when something breaks off. So that's why a lot of times that we're just always so flustered. You know, there's so much in us that we want to get out, but we're unable to really, truly release that. You know, and, and the reality is, as a man, to be a man, you're not supposed to be able to release that. You're supposed to deal with your shit. Like you're supposed to hold it in. You're supposed to, you know, right. like I said, it's like DMX. You know, you just growl a little bit. That, that's just how you. That's just how, how how you circumvent. You know, by growling. And you know, you just you're just supposed to adapt and just keep it moving. So a lot of that, man, due to those expectations, due to you know how we're you know portrayed to be as black men, a lot of that makes it difficult for us to truly circumvent and, and at the same time truly you know press that press that pause and, and you know release you know comfortably. You bring up a very valid point. You also brought up a perspective that I really want to expound on a little bit. It's funny you say, like, even in the process of getting ready to, quote unquote, have a good time, that can be stressful for us. Right. So even when we supposed sure. to be having a good time, that alone can be stressful because now we have to meet all these expectations. If I'm going out with my homeboys, they, they're going to expect me to drink 15 shots of Hennessy. Right. They, they, they're going to expect me to get 15 girls numbers <laughs> when, when at the end of the day, the kind of decompressing in uh, stress relief I'm looking for maybe just to sit back with my homeboys and have a good conversation. Maybe just sit at the house, watch a game, order pizza and just kick back and just enjoy each other's company and just, you know, watch the game, crack a couple jokes. But because some of us are trying to f fulfill this stereotype or try to look cool or try to be something that the world is telling us we should be, 
we, we, we really fall into these roles. We fall into these stereotypical roles as opposed to being ourselves, as opposed to learning who we are and learning how to be comfortable with who we are. A lot of my friends that I hang out with, they'll tell you when I want to hang out. Most of the time, what that means is I'm either coming over your house, you coming over my house. We either watching the game or we just having like a conversation. We cracking jokes and we really just kind of just really enjoying the presence of each other and just, you know, catching up with each other. Like, man, how are you doing? Like, how are you really doing? Is everything okay, man? You know, and for some men who don't have that happen, the only thing they're used to being is on go all the time. Like you said, they're used to being overcharged. They're overstimulated to the point where they really don't know how to relax. They, they, you know, they at work, they got to be turned up to fulfill their job. And then even when they're hanging out, that becomes stressful and they got to turn up. If you have to take a break from hanging out, you hanging out too hard, bro. If you have to decompress from the process of decompressing, that means you're not decompressing correctly because now you have to decompress <laughs> twice. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, man, we really got to reframe and restructure what it means to really relax and take care of ourselves and really truly understand what it means to take it easy from the work week to get our mind together and to relax our body. It's really misunderstood. What I mean by misunderstood, just from the perspective of, uh, of just being a black man overall, because to be honest with you, like how we were taught as we grew up, like how to chill with the homies and, and how to how to, you know, compress, decompress. We're from movies, you know, you know, boys right. from the hood, menace to society, right. you know, uh, uh, we're, rap G-pop, videos, rap videos. For us, we just didn't really know like how to truly take care of self before we looked out for the homies. So a lot of the, the, the decisions that we made was because of the peer pressure from our homies where we always thought, okay, I can't look like a clown from my boy. So therefore, let me do something I'm probably not comfortable with, but it's, it's, it's accepted from my homies because this is just what the role looks like. This is what it, what it looks like to be with the boys, to be out, to be, you know, a, a, a man. You know, a thug, right. gangster, a G, mm-hmm. you know, however you want to classify, you know, a goon, you know, I mean, there are just so many different right. types of words that I could throw out there. But as a reality, as a young man, imagine being a young man who's trying to truly explore and define who you are as a person. You truly never get a sense of doing that because, number one, the neighborhood that you probably grown that you're growing up in, the influences around you probably won't actually express that. They won't, you know, support that at all, because like a lot of times I remember growing up, things that I used to like to do. My boys would look at that like like if I ever did that in front of my boys, they would have called me corny. You know, oh, so <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> call you Carlton Banks. <laughs> straight up. Like all the time, like when I was listening to music, it wasn't always hardcore rap music. Like I was listening right. to pop growing up, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I had on, you know, I, I had on a couple, you know, joints that a couple songs that if my boys would have heard me hearing those songs, then I would not have fit that role, you know. So for me overall, you know, from my own experiences, it's very similar to a lot of young men out there in those settings where you can't truly ever be yourself. Right. You know, like, and, and the crazy part about it is, who are you to be yourself? You don't even get a chance to right. even define that because you're, you're caught up, you know, trying to fulfill all these stigmas and stereotypes. And, 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 you know, and you're also caught up in the game of being embellished and like what it means to be black because there's always a stigma. There's also a stigma as to being, you know, ignorant. Right. Like it's right, cool, absolutely. you know, right. you know, cursed all day and, you know, stay, you know, do stupid shit exactly. for people like 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 that's what it means to truly be black as a black man. So, I mean, when you mix all that up and you, you're somewhat trying to define who you are, man, like you're always just overcharged because it's like a robot just 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 on overload. Like you just you've been stimulated in all different ways. So much is happening. You don't even know how to truly process, with, you know, who you are. 
and and ultimately you really you really start to have a war with yourself you you have this constant internal struggle as to the person who you're supposed to be and the person who everyone expects you to be and if nobody pulls you to and if nobody pulls you to the side or if you don't get the information where somebody is telling you or or you're getting it from a source that's saying listen you have one life to live. You need to learn more about who you are, the things that you like to do, the things that you want to accomplish, the things that you want to achieve. That is very hard for that to happen when you spend so much time fulfilling roles that everybody else expects you to fill. It's almost like you're a non-paid actor. You have all these roles nobody's paying you for, but you're doing it to, to you're doing it to put everybody else at ease. When at the end of the day, you're still yeah. putting your own soul at ease, your own self at ease. So no this is something this is something that's a serious problem in our community. And it's something that we really need to take very serious because with these things unchecked, it can lead to a lot of negative behaviors. It can lead to a lot of depression. People break down, man. This can come to a point where people just break down. They get tired. They, they, they feel crushed by the weight of having to live up to everyone else's expectations. And also in de-stressing, we also have to learn how to take care of ourselves, man. Deion Sanders, one of my favorite quotes from him is you look good, you feel good, and they pay good. (laughs) That's what it's about. That's what it's about, baby. That's as real as it gets, bro. Yes, sir. Like, like we really have to learn how to fully take care of ourselves. And, and I'm not saying like I'm this expert on taking care of myself, but it's, it's something that I'm evolving into. And it's something that I'm taking more and more seriously. You know, women will go get their nails done. They'll get their makeup done. They'll get facials. They'll get massages. They'll get all these things. And if you're trying to fit into this stereotype of what of what a black man is, you may think that, oh, man, that's for women. That, that stuff gay, man. We, we, you know, we don't do that. Uh Tell me what is cool about having crusty ass feet that look like <laughs> they, they've been scraping against concrete for 400 years. <laughs> you understand? What, you still what, what the hell is <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You, you, you in the field with Jordan's on, cutting the damn leather seam out the front of the shoe. You already cut through the sock. Now you're about to cut a, cut a hole in the front of the damn shoe with them damn uh, <laughs> freaking Ginsu, Ginsu night blade toenails. <laughs> and and also, man, I'm, I'm gonna tell you something. We got these brothers out here. Some of them got, hey man, I want you to tell me those Miami dreads, man. Talk to me. Oh my gosh, what are those? <laughs> what are those, man, bro? Bro, they look like dying weeds, bro. Like what? <laughs> like what th- those, are those, bro? Bro, we got to do better. Your dreads, your dreads are supposed to. I've heard black men say this is my strength. If I look at your, if I look at your your dreads and your dreads are them skinny, dying, uneven, looking decrepit, look like all the juice and the nutrition is sucked <laughs> out of your scalp, bro. Those dreads, you need to let them shits go, man. You you need to buy yourself a do rag and start growing some waves or something. Like we got to do better with the self care. Like the self care starts. From the scalp all the way down to the bottom of our feet. We got to take that more serious, man, because, man. Look, bro, like you can call me old school, but a huge part of self-care too, bro. To me, another thing that I I truly do, you call me old school, like I said, man, but your pants don't have to be on your ankles, bro. Nah, not at all, Come on, bro. Bro, you want a suit to a job interview and your pants are on your ankles. Suits ain't meant to sag. I've never seen anybody who ever designed a suit and said, yo, 
I designed this suit so it could sag a little bit so you could so you could fulfill the uh, swag in your look. Nah, I never, never once heard that in my life. And the crazy part about that, too, bro, is the fact that if people truly did research where that came from, it Man, actually like, came from prison. Man, like, it came from prison. <laughs> <laughs> getting, so get, getting your getting your whole back broke out straight up, and that was a sign to let somebody know that hey, you ready for the next round? <laughs> you know, and so man, listen, <laughs> hey, 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 that damn booty warrior is real from the boondocks. So hey, you know, that was not up. just a cartoon character; that was a real person. Y'all the chip. Do your googles. <laughs> I see some of these dudes sagging their pants, bro. I'm talking about. I seen a dude sagging his pants so low one time, dog. Like he sagged it below the boxer. So I could I, I, I could see skin after the boxer. At that point, <laughs> bro, you just wearing boxers. You ain't wearing pants. Like, what do we why even wear them? Yeah, we just just walk outside with the boxers. And I'm like, look, look, me and me, me and you are not two old dudes talking about the younger generation. We are of the culture and in the current culture. We're just saying, if you're gonna sag, do this shit like you got some sense, bro. Nobody need to see your 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 whole underwear, bro. I don't care. Yeah, okay. You bought some Calvin Klein underwear. Okay, you spent you spent some good money on it. That ain't, bro. You want a whole bunch of dudes looking at that, especially if you are a, a straight male. Like, and I see come dudes doing now. this around other dudes, and I'm like, come on now, like, what are we doing it here? What, what up, messages bro. are we really setting? Exactly, this ain't adding up. Why? Why is this prison shower culture around all these dudes? How come nobody's questioning it? Like, yo, bro, I, I'm not really trying to see the imprint of your ass crack in front of me right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, how come nobody says that and like is is questioning that? So that ain't cool, to man. Hey, man. It ain't cool. You 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 know <laughs> you just oh you out of touch with with style and the culture. That's what it's all about. Because guess what? We see it on the music videos. We see it from our favorite rappers sometimes. So we we just out of touch with it, right? Uh. I, <laughs> If that's being cool, then I guess I'll never be cool because at some point in time, especially as as especially as we become older men and as we start to influence more and more younger generations of men, we need to let them know what's cool because there's too many definitions out here of what cool is. And that is a major problem. We need to really have a solid understanding of what it means to be cool because all these messages that we're getting in the media trying to tell us what's cool. They're not trying to tell us what's cool. They're trying to sell us products Straight and they're up. trying to say, if you buy our products, therefore at that point you are cool. It is, they're merely selling you something. So they're selling you an identity that don't even really belong to you. They're telling you how to be only to consume their products. It's literally a game. And a lot of us, and, and, and this game is being played in plain sight. It's happening right in your face. And a lot of us aren't even recognizing it. Why? Because guess what? My other 10 homeboys, they do that, so it must be okay. And if your favorite rapper is actually doing this, keep this in mind now, your favorite rapper is probably getting paid a lot more, not probably, factual, getting paid a lot more than you are, millions more than likely if you know they got a couple hits. So this right. individual right here, guess what? They are portraying you as cool, but they get to go home to their million dollar mansion, right? Right. While you are replicating and somewhat copying what they're doing, and you're trying to now translate that to your broke ass life and your situation. Mm. And not only oh, that, man. but you were trying to get ahead, trying thinking that this is what's going to allow you now to somewhat make a living for yourself, not realizing <laughs> that, guess what? Your favorite rapper, he ain't in the current situation that you're in. He doing all nope. right, and you're not. Right. So exactly. now yeah. you take that same mindset, you go apply for a job, you walk in to get the job. And all of a sudden they're looking at you like, yo, like, 
why are you looking like why are you looking like this, bro? Like this is a professional setting, and you're thinking to yourself, well, guess what? This is where I come from. This is what who I am. If you can't accept it, guess what? You ain't being real, or or, or, or the, the extreme of that is you racist, you know? And it's like, nah, like the mm. reality is, bro. My, my pops used to always tell me, man, there's a time and place for everything. Absolutely, there's a time and place yep. for everything, bro. Like it, it, there are certain settings that if I knew that I was going to. I knew how to dress. I knew how to conduct and carry myself. Like, if I'm at home, bro, guess what, man? I'm at home. Right. Damn near half of the time, I'm butt-ass naked. You know? Whoa. But that don't mean I'm going to go... <laughs> but that don't mean that I'm going to go to the grocery store butt-ass naked. Because guess what? I'm in the grocery store. You know? Right. So, it's just... We got to understand, man. It's a time and place for everything. There's a setting. You know, a setting in place for you to now know how to conduct and portray yourself as well. These are all key things, man, that we just got to get in tune with. Yeah, man. Uh, we definitely gonna have to let the members know uh, when you talking about you walking out around butt ass naked. You know that was just for the show. <laughs> my, my, hey, my that's self care not- right there. That's <laughs> self care. I love yeah, me. You hear me? I love me. That's a, that's the next level of self care. That, that's like on the tough <laughs> that's level. That's how I, that's how I decompress. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> you know, every I'm layer like, I take off. That's that's one thing that was stressing me out. <laughs> My man out here working on baby number three. I feel you. I feel you, player. <laughs> you know, it's something that you brought up and you you said something that our community struggles with. This whole concept of keeping it real or I'm being real. Now, when we say that, many times the people who say that, unfortunately, those are usually the people fulfilling those roles. Those are usually the people playing up the stereotypes. Those are usually the mm-hmm. people whose whole identity was crafted for them. I remember Facts. I heard David Banner once say, you know, some black, certain black people have the nigga virus. Like it's literally because you were programmed to to self-destruct. So you've been programmed to dress a certain way, to get drunk every weekend, tear, you know, tear your liver up, do drugs, um, get crunk all day, sleep, get crunk all day, not really have a great work ethic, sleep with a bunch of women, have kids, not take care of them. This whole identity, and it, it, it doesn't only exist in the black community. I don't want to put that message out there. But since we are talking about the black community, that's why we're bringing it up. This is a serious problem. A lot of the, when you hear people saying, I'm keeping it real. Sometimes you really have to do like a real double take and look at them and say, what do you mean by that? When you say you're keeping it real, do you even know what it means to be real? And I'm going to even go deeper than that. Brother, sir, a lot of black people don't even know what it means to be black. A lot, of us, a lot Ooh, of us. A lot of us. Don't go there. Hey, hey, Martin Malcolm. Uh, oh, don't take it we there, about to brother. Go there. Remember, we, we go there, brother. Man, you gonna give him another reason not to like us, man? Golly, man, man everybody hey, gonna dislike us. I want to give him a hundred and one reasons. Times a hundred and one reasons. A lot of Get black him. people. A lot of black people, brother, are literally living this stereotype of what it means to be black. And it is the furthest thing from what it means to be black. Their blackness is not rooted in anything that is associated with the greatness of our ancestors, with the greatness and the richness of our history. It is attached to the idea of what a nigger with a hard ER was designed to be. Wow. And a lot and, and a lot of us really need to sit, sit our ass down, calm the hell down and reprocess what we think. And what we should begin to think what it means to be black. Pick up a book, go on YouTube, learn about Kemet, learn about the University of Timbuktu, where all the Greek philosophers learn all that stuff you learned in school, thinking that it came from them. Learn about Mansa Musa, the richest man who ever lived on the face of the earth, who was so rich when he traveled throughout throughout Africa, he would hand out bricks of gold. Learn about a culture that you are tied to as opposed to an archetype in a stereotype that was designed for you to self-destruct vis-a-vis the nigga virus. 
Oh, and let me tell you, that thing spread all across America, spread all across different nations. It's real, man. It's 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 unfortunately, it's one of the most popular exports in America. Black ignorance is one of the most popular exports from America. And everybody's profiting from it. Except oh, yes. Oh, yes. Now, black excellence is also displayed, but we have to ask ourselves, why don't we see more varied dimensions of who we are? Why don't we see more diversity within what it means to be black? Why? Why does why does when you think of a black man, why is it fit in in in, in such a small box? Why do we have to live inside that small ass box when our history proves that's the furthest thing that we are? So definitely, I hope I really stepped on some toes there and I hope I really opened up some minds. Bro, I think you crushed them. You crushed them toes, bro. I think you stepped on them and then you, you two stepped on them. I mean, you <laughs> I mean, you was doing <laughs> electric slide on them. straight up. bro. <laughs> hey, you know, hey, sometimes sometimes I have to have that that moment of clarity and I just have to let it go, man, because at the end of the day, man, what we're fighting for is we're fighting for us to tap into the greatness of who we are. And we're fighting for uh, and we're fighting for the legacy of future generations to come. Facts, bro. Because believe it or not, there are people who are betting, who are betting on us to fail. There are people who profit on us failing. There are people who <sighs> create businesses around our ignorance and our failure. Hmm. You ever heard of the prison system? Straight up, bro. Why do you think it's traded on Wall Street? You don't trade something on Wall Street to lose money. You trade something on Wall Street to make money all day. Why would you be? Tr- why would you be trading an institution that literally takes takes people's freedom away? It's crazy, Ask yourself bro. those questions. S- sometimes we are so caught up in the answers of things. Sometimes we just need to ask questions and just let that sizzle in our spirit a little bit. Let it sizzle in our spirit and say, "Hold on, this is not sitting right with me." When you building more prisons and schools, what message are you really sending? When it's easier to get in a prison than graduating, what message are you sending? Ooh. Come on now. I do know we kind of veered away from self-care, but this actually is tied into self-care. No, it's, it's the root what of is it. this? It's the root of self-care. Oh, absolutely. This is mental self-care. This is really, really getting down to the core of what you should be tapped into and not tapped into the core of that Hennessy bottle. Ooh-wee. But Hennessy good now. You could have used another brand. Come on, brother. Oh, hey, 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 listen, I got nothing against Hennessy. Hey, if Hennessy wants to sponsor us, I promise you there is no slander here. We're just talking about people who are drinking irresponsibly. People who are drinking irresponsibly. No doubt. So, um, you know, Ciroc, uh, what is it? Uh, Rosé, Rick Ross's joint, you know, because I do like shouting out the uh, black brands. There's nothing wrong with indulging yourself in spirited beverages and having a good time. What we're saying is we need to find a healthier way to have a good time. Having a good time should not lead you to be should not lead you to having kidney issues, liver issues because you excessively drink or lead to uh, some sirens. You know, somebody getting in handcuffs, (sighs) you know, exactly. Having a good time that doesn't have to be defined that way. A large percentage I remember watching this documentary, but a large percentage of people who end up in jail, a lot of them don't even remember how they got there. They were under the influence of something. Crazy. Whether it be alcohol or some kind of drug. A lot of them don't even realize because they're so they're so ready to turn up and let their inhibitions down and not be present in the moment to make sure that they're making the right decision. And they're told that that's the way you have a good time. You have a good time by losing all control. We need to start asking better questions. Why do we need to lose control to have a good time? 
because somebody got a profit off you having a good time, brother. Thank you. The ambulance, the police, the bail bondsman, the hospital. What? Everybody's making money. This is all tied in together. Why are you losing it? Come on, man. Right. The lawyer, the lawyer who you have to see if you get a DUI or if you swing on somebody in the middle of the club, getting get that getting that he-man strength off of Hennessy. Right. All of these things, th- these are traps. These traps are put in place for a certain percentage of people to get swallowed by, to get trapped by, so to speak. So we really have to learn that things aren't always what they appear to be, or we need to learn that things are exactly what they appear to be, and we need to do a better job of managing them. We really do. Facts, brother. Yo, Martin Malcolm, listen, another thing that I know that's so critical to self-care, there's a way to portray yourself with a way to be, specifically in a relationship, especially when it comes to men, uh, when, when it's with a woman, you know, a lot of times, too, the stigma of like being tough and strong and and manly mm. and, and being aggressive and, and, you know, like always angry. You know, it's crazy because in a relationship, they would expect you to be that way when there's confrontation externally outside of your relationship. But they're surprised when you're the mm. same way when there's confrontation within your relationship. You feel me, brother? Mm. So, for, right. so, for example, like if you with your girl, y'all are out and about, she gonna be down for you to, you know, knock somebody out. But if y'all in the argument, she ain't going to be down to get knocked out. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely not. She want that energy to do a 360. Come on now. So at the same time, it's, it's, it's an understanding that the way that we're pushed to be all the time, we got to understand that we can't always feed that fire. You know, that that, that that's that, a consequence. Yeah, that destructive fire. Sometimes, you know what? We should probably uh, my ladies, you know, out there, y'all should probably come up with ways to somewhat incentivize us to, you know, do those things that not necessarily will always strike destruction, but something that's positive. Like if you see, you know, your man talking to a young man, you know, on the street who's probably having a hard time, or who's acting up. You know what? Give your man a hug and kiss him on the cheek. Say, hey, that's what a real man does. Like if my ladies can get out. That's there, supposed to be sexy. Yeah, that's what's supposed to be sexy. You know, not us out here, you know, fighting it and getting getting locked up. That ain't sexy. Not at all. Y'all can really help with redefining what self-care is all about. Because at the end of the day, like y'all play a huge, a huge role of that. And if y'all can now find ways to allow us to have those incentives, you know what I'm talking about. Don't be surprised mm-hmm. if your man ain't getting locked up as much. If your man ain't getting as, as many confrontations. If your man probably ain't hanging out all night, not being at home. Like there are certain ways that you can play the game to also get what you want out of it while allowing your man at the same time to take that self-care and be confident with who he is, not trying to fit what everybody else is trying to make him to be or become. Man, you, you want me to tell you the power of women? I don't remember what part of Africa that this was in, but I do remember reading a news story where there were these warring tribes in Africa or, or, or these warring ethnic groups. And the women got so tired of all the violence and, you know, the interruption of daily life. The women boycotted sex, bro. Oof. They boycotted sex and that freaking stopped all the fighting. That's going to change everything. <laughs> Trust me. That's it. It changed everything. It was like, it was like, yo. We can't we, we can't get it in. Oh, yo, we ain't got nothing to fight for, son. We straight. Hey, you know what, bro? I believe that because <laughs> I'm gonna tell you why I believe that, bro. They say behind every war is a woman. <laughs> That's a, I, I'm really I'm really beginning to believe that. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, man. So women, y'all have the power. You know, men. A lot of men do things to impress women, and some All of day. those things are destructive. So so guess what? 
if women have a stricter standard of the positive behaviors that they expect from men, men are going to fall into it. I promise you. They're going to change overnight. A lot, bro. Of, a lot of men, bro, a lot of men are doing things to impress women. That's that. That's what a lot of people. That's what a lot of these women don't get. Like they dress in the way they dress. They act in the way they act. They sag in their pants because they think that's what you like. So for the women who are promoting positive behavior in men and who are looking for men to be to be men and to be evolved men, every woman that is out here supporting the negative stereotype of what a man is, they're actually part of the problem. Straight up. They're part of the problem because understand we work with each other the same way. If a man is attracted to a woman who's out here, you know, cursing people out in public, acting, you know, acting loud and ignorant, acting all kind of crazy for no reason, having attitude when when it's not called for. If if a man says, oh, man, that's sexy. I like that. He's part of the problem, too. It works on both ends. No doubt. Goes both ways. We need to define that positive behavior, ambition, having a job, being educated, uh, constantly seeking information and being intelligent. These things need to be considered as sexy, because if they're not, then guess what? You're you're promoting the destruction, ultimately, of our community, of the self, Uh, of the self. Absolutely. And that's definitely going to impact our community in a very negative way. Now. Resolution solutions. We're going to offer some resolution solutions. Remember, we don't just bring up issues without offering pragmatic, pragmatic ways to address those solutions in your life. Let's look at point number one. Men should create a circle of trust. What does this mean? This means men checking in on other men. This is me picking up the phone and saying, hey, sir, how you doing today, man? How are you really feeling? Everything good with you, bro? We checking on the mental well-being. It's not just that superficial. Hey, you all right? Yeah, I'm all right. Oh, man, you know how it is. No, I don't know how it is. Go a little deeper. Let's let's reach a little further because if something is really going on, I want I want the men in my circle of trust to know that you can feel safe in telling me what's going on. We have a bad habit of trying to hold everything inside and, 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 and looking strong all the time. I remember common, common spit a line, common spit a line that I, that, you know, stuck with me since the first time I heard it. I think it was on the B album, one of my favorite albums. He says, same here, knowing bro. when I'm weak is when I'm, is when I'm really being strong. Same here, bro. Great album. Go cop that. Absolutely. Classic. Classic, bro. And to that point too, bro, you said creating a circle of trust that where it's cool to truly confide in one another. And absolutely, what's crazy is it's cool and accepted to be there for your boy when you got to be when you got to beat somebody down, you know, like, oh, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it's, it's expected when you got to take penitentiary chances, when you got to take penitentiary you chances. Know? Yeah, it's cool. It's cool to beat it for my boy. You know what I'm Fuck saying? My whole life up. Straight yeah, up. I'm gonna beat it. And you viewed as a punk or, or you soft, or, you know, if you're not there because you're, you're thinking ahead like, yo, this might put me in a worse situation. But to that point, <laughs> right, it's not viewed as cool to confide in one another, to take it beyond the physical, to take it on that emotional level. You get what I'm saying, my brother? Right. Like that emotional intellect, Absolutely. that level that allows you to truly have a conversation, not about how to respond or how to act, but how you feel. And do you know by, by what you just said, do you know how many brothers would not be sitting in jail right now if they just had those kind of interactions with their homeboy? Having a conversation can save you from making a decision you can't ever take back. No doubt. And that could change the course of your life forever. No doubt. Just a conversation. There, there, there is somebody sitting in jail for life. Because of not having a conversation. And they probably didn't have that conversation because they thought they would have been viewed negatively for feeling this way or having that conversation in the first place. Absolutely. So it's important for us to have a circle of trust. 
find find another man. And I know sometimes we can find another girl and or we can find in other women. There's nothing wrong in doing that. But I think as men, it's important for us to, to engage in that way with other men as well. I think it's, it's important for us to make that be the new trend, make that make that be part of the new hot thing to do, because a lot of men, we are taught to be uh, very aggressive and many times more of the violent crimes and more of the violent acts in society usually do come from men. So men tend to hang out with each other a lot. They hang out with their homeboys a lot more than they hang out with um, females on average. So it's important for men to start having these dialogues. We need to learn how to de-escalate situations. I'm not saying that violence will never occur. Don't get it twisted. Me, me and brother sir here. Yes, we are intelligent brothers. We'll chop it up with you and all of that. But you come stepping at us sideways, you gonna get a two piece in a biscuit. <laughs> if that's what, if that's the order, if that's the order you placing, you gonna get it. No doubt, Without bro. A coupon. No doubt. With no hesitation. <laughs> you know what I'm no saying? No hesitation. Like, yeah, don't get it. Yo, I ain't a killer, but don't push me. Trust don't me. I don't want no smoke. I don't want no smoke. But I will start that damn grill up. I'll start that grill up now. Point number two. We need to spend more time creating a vision for the kind of man that we want to become. We need to really deconstruct who we are and say, okay, my goal is to be this kind of man, whether it be a celebrity, you know, you look up to like, let me give you a personal example. I'm really inspired by Denzel Washington. You and everybody else, bro. Bro, bro, you ever ever see his his inspirational videos on social media? Yeah, man. His his, his commencements, like, man. Oh, my God. Bro, that stuff touched me to my core. In my in my eyes, he's one, he is one of the men who define what a black man should be. You don't hear no scandals. He take care of his family. He's he's excellent at his craft. He's he is he has a strong. He's rooted. He's rooted in believing in God, and he's a man who walks by faith and not by sight. Right. So he's somebody. He's somebody I definitely look to when I say, you know what, the kind of man who I'm striving to become. He's definitely an archetype of that man. My name is Modern Malcolm. So absolutely, Malcolm X is absolutely one of the gentlemen who who I look up to without a doubt. Anytime, anytime I can look at something on Malcolm X, I look it up. I listen to old speeches from time to time. What I like, I like the energy in his voice. He's one of the greatest orators. Of our gen- of 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 all generations, he's unapologetically black. He doesn't feel like he has to cower in front of anybody. Mm. He lets you know he's intelligent, and he says it in a way where it's not super abrasive, but it is to make you think. He does he a lot of things that he presents to you is to have you question what you were what what you were taught. One, one of the most powerful quotes. That stays with me till this day. And when I get into conversations similar to these, I always ask people to question because it's a question. It's a very simple question, but it can lead to a lot. Of, it leads to a lot of deeper questions that you have about yourself and your upbringing, who raised you and the information you were given, who taught you to hate yourself. Oof. It's a very simple question. It's a very simple question, but it's not a simple answer because it can go back generations. Because because the answer isn't always some white person who you're looking to blame. Sometimes it's the person who kissed you to sleep every night. Sometimes it's the grandmother who favored the light-skinned grandkids over the dark-skinned grandkids. Oof. We all know somebody in that situation. Gets, oh, trust me. Oh, trust me. It gets deep. And trust, we, we, we're going to touch on those things because, because going through that pain, that's what's going to free us. We got to get through the pain to get to freedom. The same way you have to hustle and grind to get to success, for us mentally and spiritually, we have to fight through that pain 
to get to the freedom. And the last point, we need to get in the habit of seeking the counsel of therapists. If we find it too hard to get through our past or to function efficiently in our present, we need to take away the stigma of getting help from a trained licensed therapist. Now, I understand that some people speak to people in the church and sometimes that works. Pastor, I'm not going to. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely not going to look down on that. But there are going to be times and some of us have so many deep seated, layered issues. We need to go to a professional. Sometimes we need to go to a professional right now. If my sink has a little leak, I could patch it up. But if I have an internal leak in the wall that's affecting that's coming from the unit upstairs adjacent to this to this pipe, and if it, if it gets that complex, then guess what? I'm going to need the help of, of a professional. And we need to take the stigma out of the black community. And I think Charlamagne the God and, and others have done a good job at trying to make it normal for black people to speak to therapists, given all the trauma we've experienced as a community and all the collective trauma that we have dealt with, seeing us getting killed by police and some and, and, and e- even by members of our own community, we need to find healthier ways to deal with this pain and trauma. And not only and by dealing with that pain and trauma, we mean by not passing it on to the next generation, because a lot of people don't understand that trauma can get passed down to the next generation. Martin Malcolm, my brother. Yes. Yes, sir. I'm trying to get an understanding of this. Like in our community, you talking to a specialist or or therapist is viewed as if like you crazy. You know, your life ain't together, you know, like, but, you know, in other cultures, I can't imagine how many therapists, how many people therapists have kept out of dire situations, whether it be in prison or even dead. I can't even imagine. Why is it okay for you to take your Friday's check, go to the club or go to the strip club, spend all of it, but you can't take a quarter of that to go get somebody to speak to about your problems? You know why? Because it's not cool. It's not perceived as cool. It's not it's not socially it's not socially acceptable within the confines of, you know, the subculture of the black community. Right. Blowing blowing a check that you really can't afford to blow in a strip club. That looks good on Instagram. Talking to a therapist. How do you 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 don't get no cool points for doing that? And like you said, people just going to perceive that you're crazy when at the end of the day, we know that talking to that therapist will more than likely lead to much healthier ways for you to deal with your issues and it's you know can lead to breakthroughs instead of breakdowns man i wish breakthroughs instead of breakdowns modern malcolm we take so much pride in, in not caring what other people think you know just sticking to our guns no matter what i wish we could take and have that much pride in using that for constructive good for ourselves for sure for sure for sure but the only way for us to deal with that is for us to stop living for other people we have to learn how to live for ourselves. We do really we do really good at making other people feel comfortable living up to what other people think we're supposed to be. A lot of us are not really good at learning how to live our truth. I remember um, I went to D.C. a few years back and I was hanging with one of my boys and he was like, man, what do you want to do today? I was like, bro, you know what? I really want to go to the Smithsonian, man. Now, he's had all kind of people come visit him in D.C. None of them really asked to go to the Smithsonian. Everybody want to go to a bar. They want to drink. They want to go to a brunch. And nothing is wrong with that. But he was like, bro, he was like, I want to go to the Smithsonian, too. He was like, man, let's go, bro. 
Yo, we had the, we had some of the best time, bro. Just going to the Smithsonian, walking around, looking at the different sites, looking at the Martin Luther King Memorial, you know, looking at the Vietnam Memorial. Like, bro, I had a, a thoroughly good time just doing that and talking and talking with my boy, man. Now, the you ask the average the average man that, oh man, that's gay. What y'all was doing? What the hell? What are you talking about, man? Like embracing culture and trying to learn more about the country that we live in. Just in this example, I found that very rewarding. I can go to a broke. You know what blows my mind? When people save up all this money to go travel to do some shit that they could have did back at their house. <laughs> you 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 travel all the way to Dubai to get drunk at a bar in Dubai. Your ass could have got drunk at Chili's for one one hundredth of the price. <laughs> Straight up. That's that's hey, that's a valid point, bro. That's a valid point. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm just looking at them and I'm just like, you know, you know, I've been lucky and privileged enough to be able to travel different parts of the world. And when I see certain people out, I'm like, you came here to get drunk. You could have did that back where the hell you was from. Like you come here to do that shit. Like you don't want to come here and learn about the culture. You don't want to experience no shit. You don't want to do some shit here. You can't do back home. Like some people are so programmed to believe that that's the way you're supposed to have fun. That that's all. That's the only way they have trained their they they've trained themselves to believe that they can have fun. There there's a reason like, and that's one of the reasons why me and my wife get along so well. When we travel, we want to learn about the culture. Like we want to experience the food. We want to we want to experience the customs. We want to go to a show. Like same here. Exactly. On this one trip, we got to go to Vietnam, and we got to see like this special dance that was a part of the Vietnam culture. And bro, we were the only black people in this like three hundred. Three, you know, uh, 300 room auditorium, 300 person uh, seating room auditorium. Damn. You know, and people just looking at us and they're like, you know, and it's not like we were the only black people in Vietnam. It's just that. And I'm not saying I, there may have been other black people who went there before we did. Maybe it was just timing. But there's something to be said, like when we travel and we go and look at these cultural excursions and go look at things. Unfortunately, many times when you don't you don't get to see people like us enjoying those things. Because our resources you know, are you, focused you, in other areas, man, that are counterproductive. Bullshit, man. Like, like we out here trying to get lit doing the same bullshit that we did at fucking Duffy's, Friday, TGI Fridays. Like, bro, we didn't we didn't spend these thousand dollars to come here and get tore up on fucking cheap beer, bro. Put, like, seriously? Put 24-inch rims on a, on, on a $2,000 Cadillac. You know, like, come on, come on bro. Like, like, we need to refocus our evolve, priorities. Man. We definitely need to refocus our priorities for sure and evolve with that, like you said. Yeah, most definitely. So... I definitely want us to on on that last point, I want us to look at definitely understanding therapy is nothing to feel weak about um, acquiring, seeking help. And also another thing that I do a lot, I talk to myself. I talk to myself, man. Like I literally talk to talk to myself has gotten me out of so many problems. I do breathing exercises. Got me out of, man, I do breathing exercises before we even start the podcast. Yeah. I take, you know, take your deep breath, hold it in, let it out slow. These kind of things, man, these things help. And, and, and even if I have a headache, I remember one time there was I was in I was in college and there was this meditation stress relief, you know, seminar, you know, all them little seminars that most kids, most students don't go to. Around exams, but uh, around exam no. time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, around exam time, you know, they're like, yo, put the fucking Adderall and cocaine down. <laughs> Try this. <laughs> so, so so I went to one of these things. And uh, the lady there was like, you just have to learn how to breathe. And you you will literally feel through the breathing exercises will feel the stress leave your body, bro. It bugged me out when I did that shit. I was like, 
I already, you know, at that time I was a little more self-conscious. I was like, man, I already know, you know, the black people walking by looking at me like I'm this crazy <laughs> ass black dude. They probably think I'm trying to act like a white boy. Yeah. But at the end of the day, that's not being white. It's it's being it's trying to be a more evolved human being. It's trying to gather more understanding about the life that we're living and trying to find a better way to deal with stress. That's all it was. So through those breathing exercises, she was saying you once you master these breathing exercises, you'll find that you won't even have to even take headache, headache medication and migraine medication as much. Really? Because you're, you're actually relieving pressure at your temple points. And that's going to help with more than just relaxing. It's going to help with calming down those headaches and those migraines. And she was right, bro. She Ain't absolutely that was right. I used yes, those same exercises in my relationship. Let me tell you, brother. Oh, the breathing exercises. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, let me tell you something. <laughs> those breathing exercises, hey, <laughs> those are priceless and they hey. cost you nothing. Hey, those breathing exercises will, will keep us from getting cut. Straight up. You know what or I'm saying? Or cutting somebody else. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole fact. You know, we don't want to say too much more on that, but that, that's the God's honest truth. Marta Malcolm, listen, bro, uh, I think overall this information is so valuable. A lot's happening within our black community that we can prevent that, you know, contributes towards us being destructive that can allow us now to be productive. And I really hope that people take all these mm. tips and pointers to truly, you know, find out what it means to be who you are, not through the lens of someone else, your homies, but yourself. Anything else you got for him, Martin Malcolm? Man, absolutely. I agree with everything you just said. Remember, I'm, we're more interested in you we're more interested in you being yourself as opposed to fulfilling a role, fulfilling a stereotype. A stereotype in our, in, 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 in our community is usually a negative thing. Most of the stereotypes in our community are negative. The only one the only one positive that we get is that we're good in bed and we're good dancers and good athletes. <laughs> but uh, I'm sorry, that's usually not enough to live a productive, fulfilling, purposeful life. So we need to spend more time crafting the person that we want to be and not who the world or people in our community, maybe even our families is pressuring us to be. Tap into self, tap into our inner selves and build ourselves from the inside out, not from the outside in. How we feel, how we act on the outside is a reflection of how we feel on the inside. And as always, we are greater when we appreciate that we need each other. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. It was a great time, but we out. Peace. Peace. Peace.